evening and welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is your fortnightly look at manga, episode 67, recording on the 3rd of January 2021 for release on the 4th of January 2021. My name is Elliot Page and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host Mr Andy Hanley. How you doing Andy? Happy New Year. Yes, happy happy New Year. It's a new year and a new... No, wait, it's, it's a new year and it's the same old me. I'm sorry everybody, it's not a new me at all. Well, I'd rather have the new one rather than like, I don't know, some kind of strange like 200 pound more expensive but also less hdmi ports andy hanley <laughs> yeah I, I mean don't get me started on that because I, I was actually looking at new laptops the, the other day it's like why do these have less ports on my old laptop i don't like this because it's svelte it's slim i don't know i can't talk i've just bought one of those new macbook airs um because i'm a sucker i guess <laughs> Also, lockdown is making me weird. I can't go anywhere, so I'm just going to buy stuff. So. Yeah, I, and that's why I kind of like I, I managed to pull myself away from the like. Maybe I should buy a new laptop because like I do kind of need a new laptop, but also like where am I going to take my new laptop? Like nowhere. That's where because we're stuck in lockdown again. Well, you can take it to the cafe and then look longingly at the cafe and go bugger <laughs> and then go home. Yeah, I mean at the moment my laptop kind of gets taken like from the living room to the office and then back again. Like that's kind of like the circuitous route which it takes but uh, hey like well, welcome welcome to the last 12 months of our lives i guess well there is that i don't know i'm on a happier note you know we've had lockdown over the whole festive period but i'm gonna put, plant a flag here and say you know what i made myself christmas dinner all by my bloody self um about time really given i'm 35 and you know what it was pretty bloody good so i i'm quite proud of that myself honestly so <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can't lay claim to that one because I did kind of like escape to, to my my parents' place like just before everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket again. Um, so the, the closest to a celebration I can get is for, for the first time ever I managed to have like a New Year's Eve that did not involve New Year at all. It was just like this is just an evening that's going to be pleasant and n- none of that none of that New Year nonsense. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we had plenty of fireworks here, but they were real slim on thin on the ground because all the stores here didn't bother selling them. So, yeah, I, I feel like people had stocked up around here, but a lot of people seem to get very excited and were very premature with their fireworks because most of them went off at about 10 o'clock. So I don't know whether everyone was just like, ah, sod it, let's just let them off and go to bed. But, you know, understandable if so. I feel like loads of people and families in particular do that, where they're like, let's just light them all at once. And then they realise why like fireworks shows don't do that, because it lasts about a microsecond. <laughs> and then you just look down at this charred husk on your garden path and go, bugger, yeah. that was 80 quid. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah, don't, don't let them all off at once unless you have an actual metric ton and just want to make a big explosion, which is, is acceptable. <laughs> you want a death in na- next door's dog. <laughs> Oh dear. But anyway, we are tangenting all over the place. But you know, we got to catch up. It's a new year. You know, got to catch up and make, you know, make merry. But yeah, if you want to hear more sterling five star banter like this, and maybe also some manga discussion, um, you can support us on Patreon. Thank you ever so much to our patrons for keeping us supported um, for the past year. We have a 2000 look back and a 2021 look forward episode, um, post coming forward on the Patreon soon, so you know where all that money went. Um, spoilers, manga, as it turns out. Um, but look forward to those also uh, if you like what we're doing you can support us there and you get bonus episodes including last month's um, hotly anticipated Yu-Gi-Oh episode um, which I had a great deal of fun recording and more on that in a minute Um, but also you can choose what we record on those bonus episodes um, for $3 a month and at the $12 a month tier you get a shout out on this here show if you want it you don't have to have it if you don't want to but Mr. Rob Jessup has opted in and so he gets shouted out here so thank you very much Rob 
Anyway, on to the first formal part of the show, and that is Returning Champions, where we talk about series we've talked about previously on the podcast once more. So um, I, um, carrying on that previous mention, I've been reading more of Yu-Gi-Oh! because it's on the Shonen Jump vault, and I already pay for Shonen Jump, and it's right there, so why not? Um, have you carried on with this at all, Andy? I haven't, no. I, I really should, having had far more of a good time than I felt like I had any right to when uh, we, we read the first volume for that bonus episode, but I have not, no. So, um, two things. I mean, I've carried on. I'm up to like, I'm up to like chapter 22. Um, it's continued with the same level of verve and the like wildness of hair and sharpness of art. Well, sharpness of hair and wildness of art, I suppose. Um, the first, I remember we talked about it and said, where's the card game? And it turns out the card game is chapters eight and nine. And that's it so <laughs> far. Like it introduces this innocuous sounding card game called Duel Monsters and it, kind of sets it up and gives you the very potted like basic version of Yu-Gi-Oh without all the rules breaking um and it has Kaiba whose eyebrows have fused completely into his hair and looks terrifying like he looks like a Mario villain in some weird way because his eyebrows are also his hair and also a weird like seaweed limpet on his head um but he gets dispatched thankfully but not in a murderous way unlike some of the other characters um, and so, yeah, you get a load of real fun games. Um, you get a two part chapter where, like, the weak kid in school, um, starts dressing up as this, like, murderous Punisher Batman American hero combo. And he gets taken for a ride by these punks. Um, and yeah, it's, it's got the same relish to its storytelling. The bad guys are really bad. And you can tell because they look like, I don't know, Fist of the North Star goons half the time. And yeah, it's good fun. In fact, there's even a separate, a second two-parter which involves um, something called Capsule Monsters or Capmon, um, which kids are getting from a gachapon machine and you then play using like a weird mutant chessboard. And I saw this and thought, actually, this is kind of my thing. Like, I'm a sucker. I love throwing money at a gacha. I love little physical tchotchkes that I will keep in my house for a year and then toss out next year when I realise they're taking up all this room. Um, and it turns out they did try making it, um, the capsule monsters but they didn't do very well and so they wrapped it up after one season of toys and i am actually super gutted about it because this was totally my thing <laughs> reading about it i'm like oh man i would have been a sucker for that like <laughs> that'd be cool it was it was a different time clearly yeah but yeah thankfully it is um maintained and the history the history of it remains on yugipedia the Yu-Gi-Oh wikipedia <laughs> but yeah it's um to actually cut to the chase on the manga it's great fun i'm really enjoying it it's really goony um it still has really strong like power of friendship vibes um there's a, there's a multi-part arc where like another person with a millennium item comes along and like nearly murders everyone and yeah like a lot of real intense like murderous energy going on in this series but yeah i'm really enjoying it it's still rip-roaring fun um yeah it does an awful lot in its very small amount of pages it's small page count where like just you know, villains are introduced, they're dispatched, people learn a lesson, maybe there's, maybe someone's dead, who knows? Um, so yeah, it works really well in that regard. So having a lot of fun reading it. Hmm, cool. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that it's kind of like touched upon and then sort of moved away from the whole dual monsters thing. Cause I kind of assumed like, oh, once it gets to the, the card game stuff, that's going to be it. It's going to be in for the long haul. I, I assume that's going to come back with a vengeance at some point, but, uh, clearly not just yet. Maybe I have to assume that the um, the actual card game itself was launched alongside those chapters, and then they kind of moved away to do other stuff. But maybe then the card game took off, um, like the capsule monsters thing totally did not take off, and so hence just kind of died on the vine. 
Um, so yeah, but there is there are some good pictures of the kits you could get um, on, as mentioned, Yugipedia. Um, <laughs> if anything, I should be glad that it's not like around because as I would totally go in for that stuff because as mentioned, I am a sucker. Yeah, so. for, for, for sure. Like I, I feel like I've I've found my new like thing to do if I like travel back in time. It's somehow like alter human history so that capsule monsters becomes the Yu-Gi-Oh thing, not dual monsters, and I don't know something something profit because I I suspect like if that was the thing now that would probably have been the like bigger than pokemon thing as soon as like gacha became like this big thing that everyone's into as it seems to be now well it it, it has shades of other kind of collectible physical items slash game space things like do you remember that eye of judgment thing for the ps3 oh yeah where you had a camera that was above like a three by three triple triad group where you put cards down and they appeared in the game and all that stuff it's the same sort of idea i mean you know it's like amiibo almost um so yeah it's there's an entire sort of stuff i mean hell remember um starlink which was the like build a spaceship out of parts and then your ship appears in the game and hell like don't forget um oh that that spyro thing skylanders that's it yeah they got there there they were too early like before skylanders i mean man Think about, God, if you walk past a CEX now, it's just a sea of Skylanders that are worth 50p <laughs> because no one cares. Man. Anyway, yeah, Toys to Life and all that. Terrifying. We, people are going to unearth the graveyard of all of our technology and culture and go, man, they really love little dragons, didn't they? <laughs> anyway, so moving on to my other returning champion. Um, this will be a bit shorter, I suppose, is I continued reading Sweat and Soap, um, which we talked about in a previous episode. Um, mostly because one of our, um, very, uh, one of, one of our good friends, Demelza, um, light novel, um, mistress, um, extraordinaire kept prodding me and saying, look, it does do the things. It, it knocks off the things you don't like. Carry on. And so I thought, sod it. So I picked up two volumes of sweat and soap and yeah, she was right. Um, like it never fl- the whole like angle of, um, Natari sort of smelling, um, Yaishima. Um, I, I forget her full name, but the female main character, like it kind of relaxes and it becomes part of the background knowledge and it does spend a good while kind of walking back the slightly more egregious parts of the very first chapter and it introduces a cute kohai for natari who is maybe a an, a you know maybe a possible rival for love question mark and it kind of now has settled into quite a nice like adult romance of boundary setting and like both of them have shown that they're quite goony and weird at this whole thing but you know they've visited each other's parents and you know they're finding out more about each other and sharing stories and finding out what they're not so good at and setting healthy boundaries and relationship standards for each other and also getting down with it and doing the dirty because they're adults and they're horny um unsurprisingly and so quite honestly and also it stayed nice the art's very pleasant it you know, it doesn't, it doesn't like utterly jettison the whole like, you know, super smeller thing that Natalie's going on, but it better finds a place to park it, which is also part of his own personal development is not to be such a crazy, like, you know, close to the bone psycho about stuff. And so quite honestly, it's, it's turned into quite a nice read by the end of volume three. I've just bought volume four earlier today in the Kavancha sale. And so I'm going to be reading that later. Well, when I get a time. So yeah, I, I have enjoyed it. It has turned into an actually adult, like interesting romantic, um, comedy thing with quite an interesting cast of characters um yeah it's it's nice like yaishima uh, the main female character has grown a lot as well and there's a lot of very good actual like 
unearthing and development rather than like just sitting on personal fl- flaws or anxieties for those so they fester for six volumes type daily so it learns to like unearth stuff and talk about it and yeah it's cool i'm enjoying it a great deal Mm. cool yeah it, it just definitely sounds like I, I need to read some more of that because yeah that was those were all of the vibes that i was really picking up on from the first volume kind of like as as we discussed previously and being like oh if it, if it does more of this if this is going to be its focus then you know i'm i'm definitely kind of into it so the the fact that it does exactly that sounds like i should uh, i should read some more of that at some point yeah, it has a good like sort of mini arc or an under- undercurrent of, you know, Yaishima doesn't want to go public about them dating because of some weird inferiority complex. And, you know, they decide that one day after work, they'll go for a date. And so she wears like slightly less conservative clothing for work. And that leads to her getting into a tizzy about things herself. And, it, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a lot of growth on both sides and like actual earnest, like having it out and communication um so i'm kind of really appreciating that even if it doesn't work to everyone's advantage and people still get hurt and have to like sort of say hey i wasn't feeling that good about this um it's nice to have something where you know a manga where there is actual adult communication about relationships (laughs) so hooray um but yeah it's really nice and also as i say you know, it doesn't shy away from the fact that, yo, they go to a love hotel and it's not this kya thing. It's just, hey, we come to do the dirty. Check it out. <laughs> so, yeah, um, without getting explicit, obviously, because then it would be a slightly different manga. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, yeah and it's, again, it's good. It's good. Yeah. And, and again, that's that's one of the nice things, like having a series like that that is about adult relationships where it's not kind of like the sort of... You know, the the typical kind of teenage, you know, being worried about everybody being chaste and pure. Like, it, it, it feels far more natural to have all of that stuff in there. And it's, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely one that is, uh, returns to my to read list at some point in the future. Sure. And as mentioned, it's currently on sale because Kodansha have one of those, like, line wide sale type thingies, um, which will still be on by the time you hear this. So, uh, maybe have a little gander at that, I suppose, if you're interested. Mm. Okay. Um, and do you have anything for returning champions, Andy? Uh, no, I do not. I've I've mostly been in a, in a vegetative state over Christmas, so uh, nothing nothing from me. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, I have another thing I want to cut, I want to touch on, but I think I'll keep that for next episode. Um, right now, also because I've bought more of it, and so I might <laughs> as well just carry on, and I'll give another update on that later. So, uh, do you want to take the first pick, Andy? I am honestly, like, endlessly curious to see what you think about your pick for this episode. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm I'm still curious about what I think about this pick. So uh, maybe we what can work it mean? out. Maybe we can work it out together. Um, so, uh, so yeah, my choice for for this first podcast of 2021 is uh, "Don't Toy with Me, Miss Nagatoro," which uh, is a series that I, I kind of mentioned on the last show. Like, I've sort of it's one of those things that just keeps kind of cropping up in the zeitgeist, either in a kind of slightly memey way, or you know people just keep posting images from it or it just kind of turns up in conversations that i see on social media and uh, to to the point where i felt like i I needed to to check in and uh, and find out a little bit more about it um and uh, basically the titular character the the nagatolo of uh, the the series title is a a girl who we initially meet kind of hanging around with a a bunch of her friends um and our kind of protagonist is uh an an unnamed male character known only as senpai throughout the, the series who's kind of your typical sort of nerdy loner type like clearly he's been bullied in the past like you know he likes what he likes and he's just kind of like in that point of just you know he's he's not really out to make friends he's just happy just doing his own thing um and so he kind of comes into the the school library finds this group of girls kind of hanging around um ends up 
inadvertently attracting attention to himself. Um, and kind of like all, all of this group of girls kind of like, you know, rag on him a little bit. Um, and then they all go off to do other things. But Nagatoro decides to stay behind and kind of really, really kind of goes for it in terms of, uh, I, I don't want to be charitable and call it teasing. Like she bullies him, like especially in these first few chapters of this series, like, you know, she, she reduces him to tears, really kind of like, you know, lays it on thick, really plays with his insecurities, etc., etc. And so, like, this kind of first encounter does not end well for for Senpai, um, but uh, Nagatoro kind of gets a taste for just, like, hanging out and basically needling this guy. And so every chapter really is kind of a a different scenario where the two of them end up kind of spending time together, whether, like, he's in the art club that he's seemingly, like, the sole member of, or whether it's kind of, like, you know, out elsewhere, or maybe, like, Senpai notices Ms. Nagatoro, like, out doing something, like, with friends or whatever, or, like, on, on being kind of pulled along on some kind of date or whatever. Um, and it kind of, like, you know, it, it is just that, that same sort of baseline cadence every uh, every kind of chapter of Senpai and Nagatoro end up kind of hanging out by hook or by crook. Nagatoro just like needles Senpai relentlessly and he becomes some kind of level of upset or kind of etc etc. Um, and that's kind of also the reason why I'm sort of a little bit confused about my feelings for this series because I really didn't like the first few chapters of this. Like it felt like, especially compared to sort of another sort of series that you could you could place in the same sort of bucket of ultimately of Izaki Chan, which is very similar kind of baseline setup of like male and female character. Where kind of you know the the female character is is just kind of inserts herself into the other into the protagonist's life, um, but that has a far kind of warmer and sort of especially kind of as it progresses, like there's a genuine kind of affection and it becomes a very friendly kind of riffing and teasing between the two of them um, as they both kind of find out find out that and they actually kind of like you know spending time together and it quickly kind of. It quickly builds up a little bit of a bond there. Whereas, uh, Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro just feels really mean for the first few chapters. And I really find it hard to kind of like anything about Nagatoro's character in, in that realm because it just, it felt really cruel for the most part. And the, the, every chapter, especially early on, feels like it kind of tries to make good a little bit at the end where you have this little kind of interstitial image of like Nagatoro kind of after the fact being like, ah, maybe I went too far in this way that you're never quite sure whether that's kind of sort of canon if you like or just a like little authorial just kind of like you know little doodle at the end of a chapter but it sort of always feels like it's trying to kind of make good on that but yet for all of that like when I got to the end of this volume and Comixology did that little thing that it does of like oh hey the next volume's out and by the way it's on sale right now as it was at the time I read it I was really, really sorely tempted just to immediately hit the buy button and read more of it. And I th- I think the reason for that is that as you kind of get through this volume, sort of Nagatoro, as you start to see some additional kind of angles and size to her character, she sort of becomes a far more interesting kind of little enigma of like, what is her deal exactly? And kind of what what exactly is, is going on here? Because it doesn't have the kind of the clear kind of potential sort of romantic relationship feeling of Izaki-chan. 
but it's still there's like there's something there and there's something about that character that just kind of makes you want to know more and that was sort of like the weird sort of conflict i had of like i'm not sure i really like this character generally but there is something about her that i want to kind of delve into and i want to see more of to try and and get a better handle on their behavior and like what their deal is and that was that is the weird sort of conflict that is still sort of raging in my head right now of like don't really like this character, but also find you kind of fascinating. Yeah, I can totally buy that. I hadn't quite um, made the jump with Uzaki Chan. I feel like Uzaki Chan feels a bit more balanced because even because it's a bit more ba- it's a bit more fair. I feel where you know the the reticent main character will push back and just go ah oh, idiot whatever, and you know they have a bit of back and forth. And Uzaki Chan itself has more of an actual range from the get go. Um, I mean, setting aside the whole boob size joke thing, like you know Uzaki Chan will fall into a, a torpor when she's kind of feeling a bit upset or you know sort of ignored by her by senpai whereas you know and senpai himself will sort of go into weird like uzaki withdrawal and i i've read for i read the four volumes that are currently available of this i've known about it for a while before it became a manga also um which is a separate thing i'll get to in a bit but like it the i forgot how rough the first two chapters are and i'm not going to say you know i'm i'm going to say that if you don't like those first two chapters i'm not going to stand here and go oh you should carry on because if you consider that really rough then it is rough and you shouldn't minimize that and it is kind of rude like she does go for the fences and basically skin him alive um in that first chapter in particular where I was I was actually personally reading it, rereading it, going, "Oh, this ends soon, doesn't it? Like there has to be a call a halt to this." And it is this like really intense, weird thing. But that first chapter is also the weird one that kind of sets the groundwork of why Nagatoro just keeps hassling this poor unnamed senpai, um, who also, like on a personal note, has the exact hair as I do and is also a tall, lanky idiot. So I feel seen in some weird way. Um, but yeah, the first two chapters are really intense and. As you say, the trajectory gets better as the volume goes. And I would say that if you reach the end of the first volume and were feeling positive about the direction it was going, I would I would probably act on that impulse to get volume two because it does get a lot more balanced. And it also calls into question Nagatoro herself. Like even in this first volume, there are some parts where like Senpai like finally stops being on defensive and just goes, well, why are you hanging out with me then? If you talk all this shit about me, like why are you here? And she kind of goes quiet and tries to bully her way out of it, but nowhere near as convincingly anymore. Um, and also it brings in more elements. Like it brings back some of Nagatoro's friends and you do get elements where, you know, the set, the unnamed the still unnamed senpai does get his own back in some ways although of course usually that's an own goal because he's an idiot who can't help sabotaging himself um in a weird way so i would honestly say that if you were feeling positive towards the end like the the the, the last full chapter um before the cheesecake ones um just does end with uh, nakatoro kind of opening up a little or giving him a little peck on the cheek and then running off with her tongue out um which i suppose is part of the enigma where you know you start to wonder is oh is there a reason why she's you know on the aggressive offensive so much like is she kind of like weirdly coming to terms with something herself whether it is a romantic thing or just wanting to hang out with someone who isn't her normal friends yeah um, which and- is highly possible honestly <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I think that, again, probably part of the reason why I, I kind of almost hit that buy button is that that final chapter also works in a really nice way of, like, you know, mild spoilers here, but, like, you know, they're in the art club and she's like, oh, hey, like, draw me, which is sort of a thing that, that turns up earlier in the volume where she's, like, 
super aggressive and, and kind of bullying him. Whereas this time around, like, you know, she ends up just falling asleep, like, posing for him. And it's this really kind of almost... It is this kind of re- revelatory and quite sweet moment where it's like, oh, you are sufficiently, like disarmed around this person and relaxed enough that you can just nod off and like that's kind of there's something very kind of quite special about that of just like you know somebody who's obviously seems to be quite highly strung can just like take a nap with somebody and that's kind of like almost an ultimate sign of just feeling like feeling like comfortable and you know safe with somebody that you can just shut your eyes and drift off to sleep and like that whole chapter is is kind of quite sweet in that way and I think that probably certainly helped to to kind of like turn the tide a little bit from those early chapters of just like what's your problem to being like okay like you know there is there is a more complex character here than just kind of a bully and and also like it sort of I think because of that trajectory it's not uh, perhaps the story that I was expecting was more like oh she starts out bullying him and then as a result of that decides that she likes him whereas it feels it feels more complex than that because of the way like these chapters pan out and like maybe that's correct maybe that's not but it's it, it feels like that there is more t- to that story and I think that's that's definitely why I kind of you know yeah ended up wanting to to read more and it's it's interesting to to kind of yeah to hear your take that yeah it's probably worth carrying on and kind of like leaning into that that instinct because yeah that that was definitely kind of that was definitely my feeling and I I think to be fair like the the art style of of this story kind of aids with that as well because like Nagatoro is drawn with kind of an impeccable love in every single like yeah. panel here there's a, there's a there's a relish to it yeah um, like I mean we, we talk on this podcast a, a fair bit about kind of you know expressive characters and like good faces etc etc but like Nagatoro like has a range of visual emotion in her kind of facial expressions uh, particularly her facial expressions but also just like her general kind of like pose and body language like the I can't really think of any other character that has quite that amount of kind of love poured into them which admittedly is kind of like to the the suffering of every other character who is just like yeah you're also a character in this manga like please stand aside for the star here but like there is something that really helps to aid that kind of that feeling of just like every every panel every look that she gives every kind of little teasing smirk or glance or whatever it is is just kind of captured in this really sort of in this really compelling way that that just adds more to sort of that character and kind of wanting to like figure out what's going on like behind that face of hers because it's like there is so much going on with that in every single chapter yeah i mean you know she has a fang so she is a good character obviously (laughs) um but you know away from reducing it but like yeah, as you say, there's a lot of love poured into her character, and she's also like highly, highly dynamic. Like it's not just her yelling out like walls of text. You get these little sort of faces. You get this weird transition in her eyes from you know full on manga eyes to tiny dot in a white iris sort of thing, which is like, oh, this is she's gone into like full on carnivore murder mode now. That's bad. There's even some panels where like some of her faces, like especially when she's a like tiny chibi fired face, where you go like, that's not an expression. That's the sort of rictus grin that someone like makes when they're choking um but the, you know the whole thing is kind of you know just this heights of like weird endorphin laced um teasing and grinning the whole time yeah um but yeah you, you get a lot of love put into it i mean it also helps like, as i say she's a highly dynamic character she's like you can almost imagine her just sort of dancing around this hapless floppy-headed senpai like prodding him in the in the shins um like just as she goes 
um, and even has like the whole like Naruto shadow clone technique thing to bully him even more. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and, and and I mean that that is also really kind of cleverly offset in like the chapter where the senpai kind of like basically gets to sort of look in on her like in a restaurant where like as i mentioned previously like she's been kind of dragged out on this double date where you see a completely different version of that character and like it's again it's not just about what she says or doesn't say like her expression her eyes her body language in that entire chapter is almost a completely different girl and like even you know like senpai himself is kind of like huh like is this the real her or like what's what's the deal here because this isn't the 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 person that like hangs out and uh, you know bullies me relentlessly and and you know again all of that really kind of lends to to that feeling of like building up kind of a rapport and kind of an understanding of the character in in a way that is is actually kind of interesting yeah totally i mean you do get more of you get an extent unsurprisingly as the manga goes on you get more of an extended cast and some of the some of nakatoro's friends even get faces um (laughs) and some of them even get names i think at one point so high, high praise indeed yeah character development holy shit but yeah, it's, I mean, not to give too much of a history lesson, but this is probably showing my hand a bit much, but this originally started, this character in particular, started as a, like a point of view based series of like CG um, or like an artist CG pack where it was literally just like pros of Nagatoro toising, to, teasing you, the like the senpai character, and she's just like staring right at you sort of thing. And that was the idea. It was just this point of view teasing from this little girl, from this like shorter tanned, like like high and that was that was that was the origin of it um because unsurprisingly um uh, nana she does a lot of um, doujins um but also don't google and don't go hunting too deeply for that stuff because um dude dude gets his kink on um at some points uh but nagatoro is kind of the breakout hit where he translated this character into you know as i say there's something to it um like you know it's it's almost like the final well maybe not the final but an evolution of sundere to the point of almost being slightly scary um or perhaps actually scary like it's like one step away from being yandere or something like you know i mean higurashi's back on again i mean rina's pretty scary in that in fact every <laughs> character in higurashi's pretty scary so what am i saying yeah uh, yeah but but yeah i mean it, it is kind of interesting because yeah like even without kind of i, I mean I, I noticed like after the, the the fact that you know the the kind of history of, of the author etc etc and it's it's sort of an interesting one because i mean there, there are other kind of authors from like a similar background where like you can feel kind of like the the doujinshi horniness kind of like oozing from every page whereas this it's there like you can tell it's there but it's kind of quite restrained for the most part it's sort of it, it very much sometimes it feels forcibly like it's been reined back in of just like oh no i can't i know what i'd like to draw here but i can't because you know <laughs> this is family friendly but like it, it never it, it always feels like it kind of it manages not to, to to go too deep down that rabbit hole in, in a way that yeah it kind of it, it helps that it feels like it's focusing on the character as a person rather than the character as like hey look at this girl isn't she cute yeah, I mean, there even is, a, as I mentioned, there's a bonus chapter at the end with, like, a cheesecake shot. But, of course, there's magical mist in the way. And if anything, it just makes it highly embarrassing. Um, I mean, there are one or two, like, little glimpses of, like, like there's weird little mentions or, like, little winks to the author's previous works, which, if anything, I think are mostly there so idiots like me can elbow each other in Discord channels going, ah, ah, you see that <laughs> panel? Ah, and everyone else is like, shut up, you idiot. Yeah, um, and, and I mean, so that and I mean, w- weirdly, like even that kind of cheesecake chapter also like 
felt like quite a good ending to the volume because it's also pretty much the first time that senpai actually like even though he ends up being embarrassed by the whole thing as well kind of like gets his own back a little bit of just like ah no actually you screwed up this time and now like you feel like an idiot for once um so there was at least a little catharsis which again perhaps helped at the the end of of a volume of, of him being kind of bullied to tears several times well it really helps kind of like not even the playing field but it is like a massive cell phone from nagatoro which kind of not no it doesn't it doesn't um you know it just makes it fair i suppose in some way it's like oh yep you got a bit too excited about teasing him and whoops you completely owned yourself good job idiot so that kind of you know it it helps temper things a little yeah yeah Um, but yeah but yeah i I am a big fan of this series um i've there's quite a lot of volumes in japan i think um eight volumes in japan at the moment um one thing that we don't get um brought over sadly probably because it's separate license or some nonsense is there's quite a few like bonus elements that you get with the japanese volumes including a desk calendar with one of them which um is probably kind of wild um because um, one thing that obviously the author can do is draw upon their doujin roots to get all their friends to come and draw something for them (laughs) um which again is probably a licensing and rights nightmare having all these dojin artists having to clear rights with them um yeah. but yeah um but yeah i really enjoyed this series i'm glad you question mark enjoyed it i mean as i say like the first two chapters are still as i say going back to it real rough like the first one in particular is basically just like nagatoro tearing this guy a new one um in a very like not in a public way but just in a very direct and like real like just in in his skin type deal um which is was actually kind of tough to go back to honestly yeah so, yeah like, it, I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm certainly not going to excuse it so if you find that gross then you know i'm not going to say you should carry on through it because if you find it gross you find it gross <laughs> so yeah yeah like it, it, it certainly is, is a hard read from the the off like you know if, if you're especially if you're kind of sensitive to, to the whole kind of bullying thing like you know and understandably so because yeah like you know she, she reduces the guy to tears and then just kind of carries on you know it's like not it's there's not really a point where she like reigns that back and be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be like that mean. It's just like, no, just just keeps barreling through it. But yeah, like well, she gives him, she gives him a handkerchief, Andy. That's true love. True yeah, yeah. Love. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like bare minimum. I feel at that point. Um, but yeah, like it definitely. It, it, if if you if you're comfortable getting through that, then I think it is kind of you know worth reading the volume. And yeah, like it, like I said, it was a really interesting one because yeah, like I having come from those first two chapters and being like, Oof, I don't know about this like to get to the end of it and just have that instinctive like no i need to see more of this was sort of it was an interesting one where it was sort of like my my head and my heart were pulling in different directions so uh that's that's why this podcast is helpful for kind of like you know setting setting the scene and, and kind of like get putting getting my feelings in check on that one so yeah i think uh, i think I'll, I'll probably end up checking out more of it because if, if it does kind of carry on in the trajectory that that kind of my instincts told me you know it, it might do then that's that's kind of a, a selling point for me yeah i mean yeah as, as, as i say it's currently on sale so it won't hurt that much <laughs> i suppose if yeah um but yeah anything else you want to mention about nagatoro san uh, no no I, I, only that given its origins i'm amazed they haven't made a vr game out of it yet but uh, anyway oh god <laughs> <laughs> don't give them ideas holy shit uh also that wouldn't work because if you start crying in a vr headset shit's gonna go bad real fast <laughs> oh, i mean i'm sure they can make a new oculus rift with like windscreen wipers on it it'll be fine <laughs> 
Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, but then if the windscreen wrappers jab you in the eye, it's going to be a real hard time. <laughs> well, I mean, that, then you can just, like, hook that into, like, a VR, like, Nagatoro has just poked you in the eye with a pen or something. I don't know. God, okay, you, you need to, like, you, you need to stop doing this whole anime thing, Andy, and just start working on VR game marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 2021 is the perfect time for VR, clearly. Like, it, it's massive success. Yeah, just as we finish listening to all the holiday podcasts where every games reviewer we know or care about has talked about putting away their vr kits <laughs> <laughs> exactly but this 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 is this is the uh, this is the, the the breakout game that will change all that clearly finally the ps5 will have a killer app it's um it's soon to be abandoned vr headset and anime girls <laughs> oh dear but yeah that's negatory san um so moving on to my pick um mine is a slightly different one i picked um volume one of yuna and the haunted hot springs um it's released by seven seas uh, the author is tadahiro miura uh, it's currently complete in japan at 24 volumes it's incomplete in english it stands at 11 volumes at the moment i think I think this recently had a kerfuffle where it got taken off of Amazon in Australia. Don't quote me on that because I might be mixing up two different stories in my head. In no, fact, I might, I might that, edit this out of the podcast. No, no, that is definitely correct because I, I went through every service I could think of trying to find it digitally and couldn't. And then eventually I landed on Bookwalker. And after figuring out how to turn off their mature content settings, I finally found it just as I was about to send you a message of like, how do I read this? Help oh man it's actually one of those ones hidden behind mature content wow yep yep it is it is indeed and yeah like it's not on comiXology it's not on kindle or at least not that i could find anywhere so uh, yeah i think it is it is very much a kind of bookwalker only deal at this point in time it's not that racy like uh, no i mean that's the crazy thing like it's really it's really not as we will doubtless discuss but uh, yeah like i mean you know it has nipples therefore it is bad i guess well yeah it's got one set of nipple anyway whatever before we get into that so um i know that you know discuss i know that um discussing or introducing things by referencing other series is hack as hell but i'm going to do that and then quickly backtrack and explain it properly but basically yuna and the haunted hot springs is love hina but with ghosts and supernatural creatures there you go done um basically main character with a really long name that i made sure to write down um fuyazora um Koya Rashi? I'm yep, Kogarashi, yes. I can't read my own handwriting. God damn it, Elliot. Um but yeah, Kogarashi he is this vagabond looking dude with a cool haircut and loads and loads of like um binding wraps over his arms and his shins um and he is well he is psychically attuned and he spent a lot of his life being kind of shunted from family member to family member that kind of deal um he's never really been to school because he couldn't hold down the whole school thing because he has a history of being possessed like he is highly spirit attuned and so ghosts will possess him and make him do dumb crap or whatever he has a huge debt, um, and I love this as a character point. He has a huge debt from when he was possessed by a day trader who sucked at day trading, and so he has a huge debt to pay off, um, which, again, I love as a character point. Um, but he learned how to punch ghosts and how to exercise them that way, and so now he can finally maybe lead a normal life. But um, he comes to a, um, a big hot springs resort slash boarding house um, called Uragiso, and he gets told, hey, rent's only a thousand yen, but, you know, someone died here, so that sucks. Uh, you got to pay for food. The other residents are nice. Um, just don't get on their bad side. And so he takes up residence in this lovely little place and meets a ghost, the titular Yuna, um, who um, 
initially is just floating around in, in a kimono. You see her boobs, um, which is the previously mentioned nipples. Um, main character goes, whoa, what the hell? And she goes, whoa, you can see me? Ah! And then she goes all poltergeisty and throws him around because that's what her power is, is to um, project things and telekinesis, telekinesis things when she's embarrassed, um, which seems like a very unuseful, unuseful power if you want to not be embarrassed. Um, and so basically he gets told, hey, come join this stupid boarding house. You get paid, you can pay for a thousand yen. And if you manage to exercise Yuna and help her move on to the next life, um, you can stay here for free for life. And he's like, great, I've been poor all my life because this day trader garbage. And so that'd be great. And so very quickly after like, two more chapters, you get introduced to the rest of the residents of Yuragiso, who include a cat girl um, or a Nekomata or whatever, and an Oni and a Zashiki Warashi and, you know, all the sort of coterie of various characters of different bust sizes and um, presented ages um, for him to generally sort of accidentally fall into the boobs of at different times. And then they play ping pong and that's all right. That's a funny chapter. And it just goes through main character trying to fit in at school, um, falling on the like class idol and generally having lucky pervert adventures, um, falling over himself and like seeing cleavage an awful lot and maybe a bit of butt um, and also seeing panties sometimes. And it's kind of harmless. And I kind of enjoyed it as like a weird busty comedy, like romantic comedy adventure um, with Yuna getting to try and figure out why she, what her unfinished business is that's keeping her in this mortal plane as a ghost. And so he can then help her move on to the next life. And, you know, the main character try not to die because one of the people at the hot springs resort is a ninja who wants to kill him for being a pervert which you know she's not entirely wrong uh, but that's my very long explanation of what um yuna in a haunted hot springs is but to boil it down yeah i was right it's love hina but with a hot springs resort and ghosts and shit and yokai um and yeah it's perfectly like inoffensive like it's a bit horny because it's got titties but that's kind of it like there's nothing that should really get it banned from amazon i'd think um it's certainly a lot less offensive than some of the more violent stuff out there that gets very gortastic and so yeah it's a harmless like you know titty gag comedy thing so you know i came down enjoying it not exactly thirsting to read more but yeah, it's fine. It's well drawn. You know, the ladies look nice. What, do, what more do you want? The main character's kind of a helpless idiot, but he's a nice dude. And so, yeah, that's you in the Haunted Hot Springs for me. Um, what about you, Andy? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I it, it's fine. Like, it's, it's kind of like how I, I came out of it. I mean, I have actually, like, previously watched the, the anime adaptation of this because... Oh, yeah, I have not. An, anime industry business. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, like, it's it's kind of nice in a way because like although this is like you say a kind of sexy fall on all the characters kind of you know romp it does also genuinely feel like a series that actually likes and kind of cares about its characters like i mean again part of this is sort of drawn from the the anime adaptation that that clearly kind of goes beyond what is in this first volume but like it it gives all of its characters sort of time to to breathe and you learn a bit more about them and about kind of you know why they are in the situation that they are why they're they're living in this hot springs resort like you know they're they're kind of hang-ups and what whatever and you kind of you know it, it actually spends time time on the characters and not just hey look at look at them look look they have boobs isn't this great and and that's 
kind of nice and again yeah I'm, I'm kind of with you on the sort of the, the love hina vibes there i mean god i've not like gone back to really thinking about love hina in a long long time like i remember enjoying that like way back when i kind of first got into sort of anime and manga but and i i suspect it probably doesn't hold up these days but like um, that kind having, of had a... having it's it's on sale it's currently on sale um but i went back to the <laughs> omnibus editions and it's it's insanely bland now um in a way that's kind of cute in the you know it started a load of these tropes and now it just seems kind of tame huh yeah yeah i can i can imagine that and although yeah, still I... highly questionable due to the ages of some of the female character characters like that that part has gotten worse perhaps <laughs> yeah yeah well and, and again i mean sort of you know the haunted hot springs has a little bit of that going on like you know there's a whole chapter around a boob obsessed 10 year old character which is just a little bit like ah okay well maybe this is why it got taken off of amazon um and yeah like you know there's a, a another character where the, you know they they play the whole like ah she's she's an eternal schoolgirl, so it's fine um kind of angle which you know is, is is a whole thing but yeah i mean none of that yeah it, it doesn't you know it never really gets it gets too obsessed with its horniness or anything like that and so it all feels kind of like pretty pretty laid back and and chilled out which was kind of for a, made for a, a decent enough sort of inoffensive read as a as a result of that and i i do also think like i mean fusora as a character is probably more interesting than most kind of protagonists of this kind of series because yeah he's not like he's not a super like interesting enigmatic character but like you know he has he has some ability he does actually kind of get get on and get things done for the most part like he's not just a kind of complete like milk toast damp squib who's always been dragged around by everybody else like you know he's he's a bit awkward but like he kind of he has goals he has things he wants to do you know when somebody asks him for help he will just be like okay sure like what can i do you know it's it, it feels like there's a bit of life and energy to him that i think kind of helps move things along and it's not always incumbent upon other characters to like drag him into everything yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a nice lad. Like that, he's kind of a nice dude. Like he he wants to help people. He's a bit of a goon because you know he hasn't had much life experience. But yeah, he's a nice he's a nice kid, and you know he has a magical plot ability to like mention how he was possessed by something or other and use that to help resolve the question the problem at hand, which is a really smart like writing conceit to my mind. <laughs> where like it's like oh I'm good at ping pong, but I don't like it, and it's like oh okay fair enough that gets you out of this jam doesn't it so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and all of that stuff, yeah, is, is is pretty good. And I mean, simply the fact that you know he he has this ability to like you know pu- punch the bad stuff out of things, but chooses not to use it against girls, or already puts him above like Kemijo Toma in a certain magical index. So you know he's already moving up the rankings there. So good, good on him. Yeah, when your charm point as a character is the thing that also makes everyone else go, ugh, that's a bad sign. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a he he has that whole weird like you know shonen protagonist chivalry to him. Um, and yeah, he's perfectly inoffensive. I like his design. His hair looks silly. His like wraps look silly. He looks like a doof. He looks like he you know I think you can see why everyone else like kind of is like what because he looks like he's the most tuny mofo in the world. Um, but which explains why no one takes him seriously when he says I'm, I'm psychic. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a well, it is kind of inoffensive. Like there's not much to it. I mean, as I say, there's the bit with the weird underage booby fancy character, which I don't know. She's more like a mascot idiot than anything else. Um, but yeah, I, I found it highly inoffensive um, as a read. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, also, also- it's also it's also just generally well drawn, um, which you'd hope if it's going to be levitious, you know, sort of horny. 
Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And I, I do also, like, I, I particularly like the, the, the chapter early on. I can't remember if it's, like, the second or third chapter where they, they basically introduce uh, all of this other cast of kind of girls at this hot springs. Like, they 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 can hold their own. Like, they, they can sort shit out by themselves as well if needed. And that that's, like, a really good chapter where you kind of, you feel like the setup's going to be like, oh, okay, Fuzora's going to have to, like, save the day over and over again. And it's just like, no, like, all of these characters all have some pretty crazy powers of their own and can... can all do some damage if they need to in their own various ways um and that's kind of quite a fun little little outing as well where you you get to see a bit more of all the other characters and realize that oh no okay they can actually kick some ass in their own right so you know it kind of it it sort of levels the playing field there a bit as well and it's it it kind of sets the tone for this isn't going to be one of those series where it's all going to be like you know damsel in distress fears or saves the day kind of thing like he's just he's just part of the party basically like it's not really all all about him which uh, i think again kind of helps to to make it feel like a a more well-rounded series yeah, it also has explained how Yuragiso has survived this long, um, because you know the the occupants can take care of themselves. Thank you very much. Exactly. I mean, it's, they, they fuck up those um, those monks pretty bad. So <laughs> indeed they do. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know it's fine. It's good. It, it's you know I'm not exactly chomping at the bit, but it was a perfectly fine read. Um, it was good junk food for my, for my mind. Yeah, in, indeed. Well, one one question I do have for you is actually is, is what platform you read it on? Because like reading <laughs> reading the Bookwalker version, it looked like a bad scanlation in places in terms of like image quality. Like it li- really looked kind of rough on my device. Um, it looked okay. Um, I mean, I'm reading it on my e e ink sort of um, device, and honestly, I kind of skimmed through it for this um, for this recap because I've already read it once before. So I mostly skimmed through it for notes. So I can't, you know, I can't really say for certain it looked fine. Um, but it looked okay at a glance. Um, yeah, I. I don't really have anything to mention on that, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, I was interested because, yeah, like, especially some of the kind of initial, like, you know, single page and two page kind of start of chapter spreads just looked like they were really badly scanned. And to be fair, the, the day I read this, Bookwalker was clearly having a bad time because, like, their servers seemed to be on fire and everything took, like, about 20 minutes to, to do anything, which maybe, maybe it was pulling some, like, lower quality version because there were some issues or something. But it was just, like, a kind of noticeable, like, ah, this isn't kind of the usual quality I of digital manga and it's just seemed a little bit a little bit rough on, on a few pages like not to the point of like ah, i can't read this but it was uh just kind of like you know noticeable to the point where i made a note about it so i was i was curious yeah i i can't really say much about it but yeah i've also had bookwalker like kind of be a bit be a bit exhausted recently um oddly enough is when i'm trying to download like 10 things at once so i kind of can't blame it that much <laughs> Um, but yeah, unless there's anything else to mention about Yuna, um, one thing I want, yeah, is the, is this something that you think, I mean, I haven't watched the anime myself, but do you think it's worth reading for those who watch the anime or is it kind of a straight adaptation type um, I mean, from, from the chapters in this volume, it feels like a pretty straight adaptation. Like, I don't know whether it kind of veers off at all, kind of, you know, further down the road. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's certainly from what i've seen of, of the anime like if, if you want to see more of kind of you know the, the cast of characters and and learn a bit more about them then you know the, it looks like the future volumes will will have plenty of kind of chapters that, that will cover that off but if you've watched that anime adaptation yeah i, I don't know whether it's necessarily going to add you know a whole extra layer of, of depth you'll probably get more nipples maybe but who knows but it's only two in this uh in this uh, there are, there are, I, I recall there being a few sets of, of nipples in there but uh, you know not it's, it's certainly not one of the most excessive things that i've i've seen so you know it's it's fine 
now we've got to start a new feature of nipple count sweepstakes where we get both guess how many nipples are in a series. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's uh, that's our calling there. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of very well-drawn bras, so there's that. <laughs> I get the feeling that there has to be, like, etchy manga artists just have to hang out in, like, the M&S underwear section until they get escorted out by someone. It's like, sir, please stop taking pictures of all the bras. Go away. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there is. There's definitely some some impressive like lingerie uh, <laughs> lingerie expertise going on there. Yeah, I mean, hell, those things are expensive, so you know, <laughs> got to put some love into them. Um, but yeah, that's Una in the Haunted Hot Springs. Um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, so moving on to what we're talking about next time. So um, for next episode, um, I have picked um, something I've had on my like my list for a while, um, and so I finally figured I'd bite the bullet and read it. And it is the one-shot sort of um, series of stories um, called "Invitation from a Crab." And Andy, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that one because yeah, that's sort of been in in like my orbit is, is something to read at some point as well. Uh, but my pick is is a relatively new release, which is kind of a thing I'm curious about because it's it's mostly based off of the anime adaptation being a thing that it, it it became a meme for a while and it's sort of it's hung around in cosplay circles for a bit. So I'm kind of curious now. The source material is out, so I picked volume one of Blend S. Yeah, I. I'm going to have to rip that part of the OP to play in the episode now, you realise. <laughs> I still see that meme pop up every now and then. I'm like, whoa, that's from eternity ago. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Time's just compressed. So. Yeah. I mean, it is It is a good kind of eternal meme that you can always do something new with. Like, And I, I suspect it probably did a lot of a lot of business for that series in terms of, like, you know, cosplay sales, home video sales, etc., etc. So, yeah, have a have a memetic opening credit sequence because it'll really, really do you a solid. Yeah, make it so people put John Cena after your uh, memetic opening sequence part. <laughs> cool. So, um, thank you very much for listening. This has been, uh, this is the closed down part of the episode. Um, if you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us on Patreon. I know I'm plugging it more than more than usual um but you directly help defer the cost of all this manga domain hosting etc um and that stuff really helps and let, gives us a warm fuzzy feeling so you can join the lovely lovely people who support us um, if you go to patreon.com forward slash screen tone club you can also go to our website which is screentone.club where you can find all the previous episodes and all our notes and like various timings for the episodes um you can also find us on twitter at screen tone club or one word uh, my name as mentioned is elliot page you can find me at elliot page on twitter where i'm mostly posting pictures of my cat who i now get to hang around with all the time again because of lockdown so um i hope you're not sick of her yet because um i don't know she's sick of being photographed so maybe i won't be able to take too many more but andy how about you uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter where God knows what I'll be tweeting about, uh, but you can find me at Hannah's1979. The new anime season, maybe? Uh, yes, yeah, there's always new anime to watch as it turns out, so why not? <laughs> it never ends! It never ends! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, I'm only just getting around to watching Girls' Last Tour at last, you know, I'm a bit <laughs> behind the curve. Anyway, so, as always, um, happy 2021. Um I mean, things have started off in a weird way here in the UK, but, you know, best wishes to all of our listeners out there. Um, hang in there. And yeah, we'll hope you'll hope hopefully you'll hear from us soon. So take care. Uh, bye. Indeed. Happy New Year and goodbye.